This is week four, day four of our look through the book of Psalms. We're going to look together at Psalm 19 today. C.S. Lewis said about Psalm 19, I take Psalm 19 to be the greatest poem in the Psalms and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. So there's a lot to be said for Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is about God's glory. It's about God's glory in two specific ways. First, it's about the glory of God that's on display in the heavens. Psalm 19, verses 1 to 6. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the earth. In the heavens, he has pitched a tent for the sun, which is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is hidden from its heat. The glory of God, as we see it in the heavens. How do we know there's a God? Psalm 19 reminds us, just look up. You see the glory of God. The glory of a clear night in the mountains or the desert with the sky just packed with stars. You see the glory of God, all that he's made. Or the glory of the sun making its way across the sky day after day after day. He says there's no speech or language that's needed. In fact, in every language, this message can be heard. God's glory seen in the heavens. Warren Wiersbe says about this, that God's voice of power in creation prepares the way for his voice of grace in the gospel. We see that there is a God. We see that there is a power. And then we hear through Jesus Christ that there is grace in this God. Something more that we can see even than in the stars. So in Psalm 19, you have the glory of God first on display in the heavens. But second, you have the glory of God on display in your life. 7 to 11, verses 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. So in these verses, you see six names for God's word and six attributes attached to those names and then six ministries of the word in the lives of those who receive it and obey it in your life as you receive it and obey it. What are the names for the Lord that we see here? The law of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord, the commands of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, and the ordinances of the Lord. Each of these names gives us a different sense of the beauty of God's word to us. It's like a diamond that you turn and look at six different facets of it, and you see a different beauty every time you turn it. These descriptions of God's word, what it is in our life, tell us that God's word is something I can count on, that God's, some, God's word is, gives me the principles I need to live by. It, it helps me to stand in difficult situations. It clearly shows God's direction in my life. It shows God's heart for my life. Throughout these names for God's word, you and I see that God has a heart for showing you his direction, for showing you the kind of life that you can live only in him. And then throughout these 
names for God's word, we get these descriptions, these attributes of God's word, six attributes. God's word is perfect, it is trustworthy, it is right, it is radiant, it is pure, it is sure. And then I wanna focus on the third of these list of six things, the ministry in your life. Because it goes on to describe, because God's word is these things, here's what God's word can do in your life. Here's what God's word can do for you today. Six things. Number one, God's word revives your soul. We all need our soul revived. The the things that are around us, the circumstances that we're in, even if they're good circumstances, our soul gets weary. Come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, Jesus said, I will give you rest. He revives your soul, Psalm 23 tells us. God's word has the power to do that. So if your soul weary today, go to God and say, God, through your word, would you revive my soul? And then second, God's word makes you wise. If you've got a decision in front of you, if you need wisdom for your life today, and who doesn't need wisdom for our life today, God's word promises that wisdom. Now, he doesn't always give us the answer that we want when, he, when we want it, but he always gives us the answer we need when we need it through his word. It makes you wise. And number three, God's word brings you joy. We tend to look to circumstances, hoping that they'll bring us joy. And sometimes they seem to, for a few moments at least, but even the joyful circumstances don't last. And more often than not, what seemed to be a joyful day turns into a terrible day when all of a sudden some difficult circumstances come into our lives. We need something that we can count on to bring us joy something above our circumstances, something that lasts, and God's word lasts. It can bring genuine joy, joyful security into your daily life. And then number four, God's word lights your way. Not only does God direct us, but he lights up the way in front of us. He gives us a sense of where he wants us to go, but he also goes ahead of us preparing the way for us. He does that through his word. So when I'm listening to his word and I do what his word says and I go where his word tells me to go, God's already been there preparing the way for me. God's word lights your way. God's word, number five, causes you to endure. When you and I face the difficulty of this world and we feel like, I don't know if I can keep on going on, God's word has the power to help us to go one more day. Now, you can only endure one day at a time, sometimes one step at a time. God's word will not give you the strength to endure all the rest of the years of your life because you don't know what you're going to face yet, but he'll give you the strength to endure through this day. God, give me hope for this day, you pray. And then number six, God's word brings both warning and great reward. He gives you the warning that you need for things you need to stay out of today. I can't tell you how many times in my quiet time God has reminded me of something that later that day I needed that warning so I wouldn't step in the wrong direction. But he also tells us of his great reward, those two things beside each other. Well, this great psalm that focuses on God's greatness in our lives, it ends with the prayer of God's servant, our prayer. Verses 12 to 14. Who then can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth And the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's pray that together. Lord, that's our prayer today. May the words of my mouth, the things that I say, 
to myself about myself, to others about themselves, to others about this world. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, the things that I think, the things that I feel, God, may those be pleasing in your sight. If that's going to happen, I'm standing on you as Lord. You're my rock. You're my redeemer. And I need your word in my life because your word brings out this truth that my words can be different, my heart can be different. Change my words, change my heart by your power today. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to look at Psalm 20. It's about what to do before the battle.